0: Hello and welcome to covert castaway today we're going to talk about offshore maintenance how we're preparing to manage all of the maintenance once we're on board and we're going to discuss a little bit about all the tools and spares we're going to need all together. Hello and welcome to covert castaway i'm holly
1: Je suis Stéphane.
0: join us as we share what we learn and how we're making the transition to live cruising Hey, buddy, how's France?
1: Uh, Lonely. (laughs) (laughs) I miss you, buddy.
0: I miss you too. So I'm in Santa Monica, and Stefan's still in France, um, where it looks like the Airbnb looks like it might be a little hot there. Um, It's nice and breezy here, just the weather got better. So that's been cool. What have you been up to? How's the boat doing? I saw the pictures.
1: Well, I went to see the boat last week with my sister who was in town for a few days and and uh, yeah there was some you know it's like from week to week it depends you know there are certain things that are very visual you can see how the boat progressed and then uh, and so but then we got the pictures with as we get every friday and i was like whoa a lot of stuff happened like we you know they put the coach roof on so everything changes you know
0: uh, yeah and they so put the beam like, on too that's exciting
1: the chair on the knife, at the mm-hmm. knife station. So suddenly, it's like furniture. I know. So it feels like wow, it's moving closer.
0: Yeah, coming so along.
1: I, I probably need to swing by to go check this latest, you know, kind of the latest progress. Yeah. Uh, to visualize that.
0: Very cool. So um, we wanted to share with everybody. We. At the last Utremeer week, we went to an offshore maintenance class, which was very informative. Uh, Stefan had done one of these uh, in a previous uh, Utremeer week, and I was really happy to sit in on it and kind of understand that uh, duct tape uh, and WD-40 does fix everything pretty much, (laughs) most things. Mm -hmm. That That was one of the things he led with. Um, But in that class, it was really useful just to understand the systems and what needs to get maintained, some routines that you need to sort of be in and checklists. And as we're waiting to get the boat, thinking about how we want to organize ourselves a little bit, uh, it's easy once you get on the boat and you're like, oh, it's a new boat. It'll be fine. We'll check it tomorrow. And um, I think having some discipline and forethought on this would be good, don't you think?
1: Well, maybe we bought a new boat.
0: Yeah, but to not so.
1: have to deal with any uh, issues. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. So uh, it's good to start from the you know from the beginning to have a the right approach. Uh, I think in in general of uh, this training, it it reminds you of all the different systems that are on mm-hmm. board. And and you know when you when you look at a boat, you might not see all those systems, but it's, it's really like a little city, you know, you have electricity, you have the electronics, you have everything related to communication and IT, you have diesel, you have the plumbing, you have the rigging. It's, it's a lot of systems. And, um, so I think it's, it's good to break it down and, um, and, and also to, to maybe in certain areas, uh, maybe like between us, Somebody who is more inclined in some areas to kind of dive a little deeper to extend their their knowledge, but but I think that the even though it's kind of uh, overwhelming when you start breaking down all these systems, you're like, holy crap!
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: at the same time, it's not required to be to be an expert. You might become over time an yeah. expert in some areas, but the idea is is to kind of do. I have a general understanding of, uh, of, of those system, uh, systems. I mean, and, yeah. then, um, and then, and then that's, that's probably like the, the starting point, but you know,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. I think the the other thing, and this is going to sound so obvious, uh, and rhetorical basically is just sort of leading with the idea that, um, the ocean and the salt water, it's just a really corrosive, aggressive environment and the key is to look for things and prevent things from happening and look for things early so that they don't become bigger problems. I mean, again, this is super simple thing to say, but once you're on the boat, it gets easy to sort of look past some things. And, um, that was a really good reminder too, if, of just doing walk arounds every day and just kind of checking things out and being curious about, you know, um, some things going on in the boat. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, there is, there is yeah, I mean, water, salt, like you said, there is humidity in some areas, mm-hmm. so potentially detecting corrosion early. Mm-hmm. Uh, the boat is being shaken around, <laughs> so things might move. So it might be good to also take pictures or videos at the beginning. So when you look at something, you're like, mm, is that normal? Was it always like this? Right. And then you to things like this, but it's definitely like an environment that is, uh, very, how can I say, very bad for any systems. Right. And, uh, so, so yeah, there is definitely stuff that common sense can help you, uh, in, in in most cases to, to hopefully prevent for, for, for things to, you know, go wrong.
0: And definitely, you know, when you're living in a house, it's easier to sort of overlook stuff because, you know, it might, the problem might get worse, but you know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna like risk your life. Right. I think on a boat, I think that's the thing is, is some of these things could actually risk your life if you let them go. So that's a little bit different than in a house. You're like, yeah, I don't know if that crack really matters or not. You know, if you see a crack in a wall or something like that, but <laughs> in a boat, you know, it's kind of a problem. So I don't know. Anyway, it's a little bit different. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I think we learned some kind of interesting things we went through and talked about, you know, just the different checklists, which we'll go through and then setting up a maintenance well, schedule. Yeah.
1: Maybe before we, we go into the checklist, I, I thought that was, uh, they, they talked about three different sailing modes and, and I thought that was good. Like you were referring to what you're talking about. there There is the fully functional. You're happy with everything on the boat is working. There is the downgraded mode. So, you might not be able to use something on your boat, but you can still go from point A to point B safely. So you just know that it's something you're going to have to take care of, but it's not going to affect how you go from point A to point B. Maybe you just monitor that. And then there is the dangerous mode. So that's kind of what you're you're talking about. And, And know in this case that, you know, then you need to shift gears to uh, to deal with that. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, so that was uh, something that was that was good to break that down also
0: in, in different. Yeah, that's different a really modes. good way to think about it. It's like okay, this is an inconvenience, but we can work around it. And then yeah, then there's sort of okay, this is we got to keep an eye on on it. And then there's okay, we need to actually divert our trip or change our plans or whatever to get something looked at.
1: Yeah, yeah. Another thing to take away yeah. is also testing stuff mm-hmm. and you might have tested it once and it was working and then you know time goes by and and then you know you assume it's still working and, right but I think in general for bullets if it's not being used regularly typically it's not going to work properly when you need it so basically to test systems regularly like maybe bilge palms or you know your um, your VHF, you naturally will test it. You'll use it regularly. Your AIS, your radar, doing kind of regular testings. Uh, I think that's that's also a good uh, good practice
0: to yeah, make sure that that's a really good point. And even in the testing system, sometimes you don't do something for a while and you forget how to use it, especially when there's so many systems on board you know, and so yeah. even just kind of looking at some of the systems and doing a test and making sure you remember how how it works. I mean, some of these things are pretty straightforward, but some are like, you know, a little bit more complicated. Um, so that's good. The other thing that's really cool about the boat we're getting is they're putting in a uh, what are they? A sensor Sensors or phone home capability or something with the what's that yeah. system called? I,
1: it's called SailSense mm-hmm. and and so I, I looked at it a few months ago and I know we're going to get it uh, on our boat and but I'll need to go look again at what it does, but generally you can access remotely um, your boat and and kind of monitor certain things. Well, um, and they can they, too
0: like they can look at you know where some of the, like how many hours are on the engines and what's going on, you know, in some of these systems, right? That was the idea. So there will
1: be a phase one and phase two, yeah. So phase one is kind of, it's just a certain level, and phase two that ultimately, like, uh, they'll, they'll develop uh, where you'll be able to do, like, preventive maintenance or be able to do notifications. So, for example, if if the fridge is been working for the past two hours, for example, then Mm -hmm. you can send a message Mm -hmm. to the owner and says, hey, can you check the door of the fridges or the freezer is closed because the the fridge has been working. So, you know, things like these that ultimately um, kind of be having a fully connected boat. um, So that'll be kind of a phase two. Uh, I think in phase one is more we're going to be able to remotely access certain systems on our boat uh, from our phones and uh, and and look at stuff. But we'll we'll probably do um, kind of a maybe a, a special podcast about about this system once we're on the boat.
0: Mm-hmm. So what they covered in the in the class was I was just kind of going through so performing maintenance routines and the checklist, which we're going to go through later in the, in in the discussion. Um, maintaining all the equipment and making improvements. Uh, talked a lot about safety and just preventing accidents, um, which seems obvious, but you have to just be thoughtful about it. Um, planning the maintenance and, and um, you know, planning for doing certain things in certain places because you'll, you'll be able to get some parts in some places and not have them on others, and certainly you keep stuff on the boat. Um, and then doing the the regular kind of anti-fouling and, and checking underneath the water, for example, um, repairing and managing emergencies, and then kind of preparing a toolkit and, and spares, which we'll talk about. But he also kind of went over some really cool tips and tricks. I mean, there were too many to sort of list here, but there were a couple that were interesting that I thought were useful. So one was about putting sugar in black tanks, which prevents the smell. Um, So I thought that was interesting. It has something to do with the bacteria. And um, I guess the sugar makes them happy. Um, So I didn't know that before. And then uh, another tip was using dental cleaner to clean water tanks. Um, And both of these things were instead of chlorine. So that was a couple interesting tips. I guess the dental cleaner um, keeps the there's calcium built up or whatever and uh, supposed to supposed to be good for that so there was a bunch of those that I thought were super interesting by taking a course like this and I would definitely recommend it to to pretty much anyone who was getting ready to do this so do we want to talk a little bit about the um, the checklist then Stefan? just kind of go through yeah m-
1: maybe one more thing before we, mm-hmm. we go over the checklist is uh, to also also think about all this maintenance is going to be linked to how many different systems you have on your boat. So if you want to keep this offshore maintenance <laughs> checklist and spare parts and tools to mm. the minimum, then it's a good idea during the option process to also limit the number of systems. And so, you know, for example, we have decided to remove the generator so thinking, but we introduced the hydro generator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so hopefully it's easier to maintain than the generator. Uh, we removed the uh, um, uh, propane. Uh, so the, we went full electric for the, uh, the kitchen. So there's things like this that you can do also uh, thinking very early on uh, to keep the boat well, I was going to say as simple as possible. Nothing is simple on those boats. But thinking of the old salt sailors, you know, they, they, they have a boat with very little on it. And I guess they do probably less maintenance than anybody else. So that's something that was uh, that to keep in mind as you're happy adding stuff to the, to the, uh, to the to systems, to the boat. And, um, yeah, so that was another kind of tip that was, that was good. Uh, the the Yeah, it's just that that's stuff,
0: easier basically. said than done, right? Like, you know, we sort of set out with that sim- simple is better idea, but you take stuff out and then you put stuff in, so it's really hard. Um, but anyway, so.
1: Yeah, but, but it's something at least to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you're going to put AC everywhere, well, that's many more AC units to uh, to maintain. If you kind of decide to uh, limit the number of AC units, then, you know, it's that many less that you have to maintain. You know, just just little things like this will probably add up. It's just like weight on the boat, you know. Um, you keep adding stuff, but if you can shave weights here and there, it will also add up. So something to, to keep in mind. Um and then to not wait to get on the boat also to get familiar with those systems. Uh, so uh, that's what we're talking about, going to training classes and stuff like this. And uh, that will make the, the learning curve or the initial kind of learning curve to a little bit less steep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's go to those checklists. I mean, at a high level, obviously, we'll, we'll build on checklists and, and we'll probably be happy to share those uh, with people for, yeah. You
0: know,
1: uh, but initially we can kind of break down a little bit um, how to think about it.
0: Yeah, so I'll start. Um, The first one is really about just looking at all things water-related and the way these checklists are organized, which I think is really good, is there's things you do uh, at sea when you're in a crossing or you're doing a multi-day passage. There are things you do before the crossing or passage. And then there are things you do with a um, technical stop. So that's how these are a little bit organized. So the first one on, on all things water would include things like, you know, checking hatches, um, looking at the mechanisms of some of the, um, the hatches and lockers, looking at the bilges, cleaning the bilges, um, the anchor locker, and, and just kind of making sure everything's secure in there, testing the bilge pumps and the automatic uh, sensor, and, um, you know, testing the valves and seacocks and making sure they're opening and closing easily enough. Um, so it's, it's really cool to sort of break it up into those two, those three time frames because it'll help us just kind of stay on track and stay organized, I think, overall. Uh, do you have anything to add on that mm-hmm. one?
1: And and technicals, yeah, you want to uh, highlight what is meant by technical stop.
0: Yeah, so I think that's what it means when there's a you know you need a more in-depth assessment of what's going on repairs or maybe you're winterizing or you're going through you know a major upgrade or a major maintenance stop. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and to think about some countries might be better with mm-hmm. certain things so that's yeah,
0: that, yeah exactly yeah. okay you want to cover one of the next ones
1: yeah um, underwater anything underwater mm-hmm. so uh, typically you, you don't do this while at sea <laughs> so that would be uh, <laughs> hopefully not before crossings so but you know you at anchor you're going to jump in the water and and so it's good habit once you're in the water to just you know swim uh, under the hulls and and check things out so that would be for example you know the the cell drives uh, you know have do a quick inspection on that um, making sure there's a lot of holes uh, and under the boat so making sure those are clean um, you know the, check the propeller uh, just just move it around uh, through holes um, you know, that's what I was talking about, the hydro generator, making sure that, you know, the the base, everything is solid and it's uh, after you've gone through like a, maybe a passage or or an overnight. So there's a lot of stuff that can be done as part of you being in the water and then, and then do visual checks.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Um, the next one is around deck organization and rigging. So... Um, Basically, what they recommend is to do a daily inspection when you're on a passage or or on the water. So just do a walk around. Um, You know, just checking the state of the tension of the guardrails, for instance, and checking all the pulleys pulleys and blocks and um, major points of connection in the rigging. Um, Making sure you're looking closely at all the jammers and... um, all of that and then there's sort of more involved things like cleaning the winches which I know we're all looking forward to checking the gooseneck things like that so um you know that's an idea of what what that's about
1: yeah i think in many cases people on a passage do it morning and uh, before night oh, that's a good uh, idea that's- Just walk around the boat and and keep looking for little things. Look at the deck. There might be something, uh, a screw or ring or something that fell on the deck. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, just do your little routine uh, in the morning and at night. Mm -hmm. Or before night, sorry.
0: Uh, And then there's sails. So you want to go through this one?
1: Yeah, sails. You know, I I think it's just a visual inspection in most cases, but... uh, Chafe is will be a, a big one. Making sure the the sails are not rubbing against something. Uh, if there is any chafe, beginning of chafe, then you can you know put some uh, uh, protection to uh, prevent uh, or maybe adjust certain things. But uh, just things you can do early on. Uh, buttons, uh, something you, you don't want to lose one. We have carbon buttons. They're expensive. <laughs> So to keep looking at um, uh, at the baton boxes, um, you know, anything that is just the furling. Uh, we've mm-hmm. heard quite a few problems with the profile furling system. So just to do a, a visual check, and that might require to get on your knees, and bend over, like look under. But, um, you know, to look at anything, um, yeah, anything that is moving parts or... Uh, um, on the boat
0: yep and then the next section is around electricity so just always checking the nav lights Um, these are just some examples we're obviously not going through everything Um, any water intrusion and any of the light fixtures or or electricity obviously that would be bad Um, checking your power cable for your shoreline and any of the circuits or connections and any of the spare fuses, things like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, for diesel, uh, so this one is kind of more of a regular check also. I mean, you, you'll check for, the, for any kind of leaks, corrosion, uh, making sure all the uh, engine room is always clean so you can uh, spot when uh, something changes. Um, but you have the the usual check about the different fluids, you know, oil, water, and and, uh, any of the strainers. So uh, clamps also, uh, making sure those are attached and properly and they haven't moved. Um, uh, Look for any corroded connections. And and of course, you have a a maintenance plan for your engine. So uh, X amount of hours, you have different things that you have to do. So you have to plan accordingly uh, the, to keep your warranty, at least with Volvo that was the case. You have to use a certified Volvo specialist. So it doesn't have to be the exact number of hours, but you have to plan when you get somewhere uh, to maybe have a, a certified technician come do those this maintenance for the first two years. We'll see what it is for nanny because we'll have nanny engines.
0: Mm-hmm. The thing that was interesting about about that is because you had taken the Diesel mechanics. I think you took it before and then you took it again, and I I took some shorter version. It's not so much that right away you're going to necessarily have to fix it, although you may need to, but um, more, I think it seems like you just need to know how to diagnose the problem because it seems likely you would probably get help to try to fix it. But, you know, our experience has been we would be somewhere and the um, the certified dealers were come and they're trying to like tell you, oh, you need to buy all this stuff. And you're like, no, I think we just need, you know, this one thing checked. So it's good to know how to diagnose the issue so that when you're getting an estimate, you, you can be really clear about stating what the problem is and not sort of just be left to their creativity to tell you what needs to be done or what they think needs to be done. And that was certainly something we, we found out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, the next section is really around electronics. And I think this one's going to be, this is going to be one, I think we're going to need to pay a lot of, I mean, all these you have to pay attention to, but, um, there's just a lot, you know, like from making sure all of the, um, we're getting all the right connections, you know, with, with all of the data we're trying to get you know the transmission with the AIS making sure that's all set up properly um we had a couple little things happen when we were trying to set up the EPERB initially that we had to work through oh that was like so stressful last time because we were trying to leave and we had to get it set up and it's a long story but um and then just different types of things that have to do with the autopilot and the radar and and making sure you know it's um it's set up prop- properly and receiving the right, you know, the right um, signals and stuff. Um, yeah, the for doing SAP phone, um, you know, there's things associated with with that and also with any of the, you know, Starlink and and things. So this one actually is a little bit more complicated. Um, what do you think? I mean, I just feel like that one's a little a little more nuanced than some of the other sections. <laughs>
1: No, I think uh, because you're going to use those those different systems electronics uh, mm-hmm. more regularly, mm-hmm. I would say. So uh, your VHF, I mean, that's uh, of course at the beginning. I mean, that's the purpose of the sh- shakedown. You know? Yeah, we it, our goal is going to obviously be using all these systems and uh, and making sure that you know after a proper shakedown, they're still working and we're more and more familiar with uh, with also with those systems. But um, no, I don't see those, this very different. I think it has its own flavor of challenges, but I think in general, the way I look at it for passages um, from my readings of articles and stuff over time, it's typically a lot of boats encounter electrical problems. Mm-hmm. So for us, for new boats, um, I have in my head that I'm going to go with some tools and every part of the boat and just checking that uh, every screw, every bolt is is tightened properly and making sure that we have good connections and stuff like this. So I, I don't know how feasible it is, but at least I'm going to attempt to, uh, as we go through the shakedown, to really Looking at all these little connections, because that's a very, very common issue mm-hmm. that uh, you know, the the problems are not typically about the systems like themselves. Mm-hmm. you know there there's a problem you will see right away. but it's more if if it's something is not tight properly or there's beginning of like corrosion, or something, over time it's going to happen and then you're like you wonder oh the system doesn't work but that's really like where you start you know looking at making sure all these connections are like uh, working properly the fuses and stuff mm-hmm. so i don't know it has its own set of challenges but i think it's just uh, another category
0: <laughs> yeah it's just so funny you know like back in the olden days like nobody used any of this either so you know we've become kind of more dependent on it um but yeah it's just interesting um, yeah, and then there's just like a bunch of um, mm-hmm. categories, like the water maker, the plumbing, and then the safety equipment. So I'll just cover off on those real quick uh, before we talk about s- tools and spares. So for water water maker, um, yeah, there's filters. You have to check the water pump, the pressure buildup. You know, there's things to do besides just winterize it. Um, so there's that uh, with plumbing. You know, checking all the water pumps and making sure you have the right. Um, pressure as well um you know looking and cleaning the tanks um and then all the integrity of the hoses and we had a problem with that in our last boat on the first season we opened the bilges and they were like full of water and I was like what the heck is going on and it was actually a freshwater leak from our toilet um so that was that was interesting so there's all these little teeny tiny pieces of plumbing and and the fittings that kind of go along with them that are important and then safety equipment, and and this is really really important, is um, you know just making sure you're looking at all your Dan buoy, you know your grab bag is current, um, you know testing your EPIRB, um, jack lines, life raft, you know checking your life jackets and making sure that they're set up properly, of course. Um, and you had an issue with that, I think, on a race or something, didn't you? Like the the,
1: uh, with the SSB.
0: No, your life jacket. Is
1: what you're referring to?
0: No, didn't you have like oh, a... Oh, my life jacket. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it, it was a um, pretty sad story, but um, that was outside the Golden Gate during a race. One one sailor fell overboard, was still tied to the boat, but his life jacket did never inflated. So mm. basically, he was dragged underwater and mm. drowned. Uh, even though it was attached, and if his life jacket had inflated, he would have turned on his back and, and, and survived. And the issue was that the cartridge had unscrewed itself a little bit. Mm. So when you fall in the water, and the idea is like it punctures the cartridge, so the life jacket inflates, uh, it was unscrewed enough so the puncture didn't happen. So when I read that story, I was like, oh, let me check my life jacket. And then suddenly I'm, I'm screwing oh, my Oh, That's cottage. so scary. And, and, yeah. So I'm like, oh, yeah. I, didn't I mean, it, it was not, it had not fallen off, but mm-hmm. it was unscrewed enough mm-hmm. that potentially um, it would have not been punctured as well. So, yeah, pretty sad story, but can be prevented by doing a kind of regular maintenance on your life jacket including inflating it you know i think they recommend maybe once a year i forgot don't mm-hmm. quote me on this check check the recommendation mm-hmm. just leave it overnight check the next morning to make sure it's still inflated so there's some basic stuff that like you can do about safety equipment um that that can be really uh, life and death
0: yeah and and um yeah that's a sad story and definitely you just have to check all the time um So you have been really busy because we've been trying to assemble, when I get out there in July, we're going to, you know, go obviously to start to assemble things and purchase things to bring on the boat. Um, So you've been trying to kind of figure out, because there's all these lists you get. So you can get a list from from the manufacturer, you can get a, a list from... Um, your friends you can get a list from you know experts that say here's all the stuff you need to put on the boat in terms of tools and spare kits and and just general things you need on the boat what's that been like because you've been working really hard to get kind of one single source of truth to figure out what what we really need and we're not buying all unnecessary stuff I mean we bought a lot of stuff for our last boat that which I guess is great to have if you ever need it, but you also don't want to necessarily overpurchase a bunch of stuff that you probably won't ever use, right?
1: Uh, well, uh, part of it is, well, there are spare parts. We had bought a lot of spare parts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think uh, definitely we didn't need to buy that many spare parts initially. Um, after that... Sure, we bought some tools. That it's a new boat, so there are certain tools that you're probably not going to use in the first few years. So it's it's a balance between you know what um, what you what you're going to bring on board, and as you go through this list and um, and have it as an insurance policy, or you know, kind of wait and buy more stuff. So. So, as you said, is, is there are lists everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so, there are lists from Outermer, there's lists from the Reed. there's a list from, the, January, a list from uh, the manufacturers. There's I mean, so basically it gets very, very confusing uh, between all the tools, the products, the spare parts. So, I started, um, you know, kind of trying to organize this. Um, mm-hmm and and it became (laughs) this huge project um and now i feel like i'm never going to see the end of it (laughs) Uh, but as you said there's a couple benefits um that we're going to have once we have this list i mean the first is consolidating all these lists and um and then also when you know when it says okay you know by product A, uh, you also have to look at, you know, okay, which, uh, which brand, which model, you know, so this is where it gets, you know, tricky because now you need to do kind of a, uh, uh, do a little bit of research and can be quite time consuming. Um, but I'm putting all these together Um, and the idea being now it's like I have a column for example where I say okay it's this is in the category to buy or it's already been purchased so when I go back through my database I can be like okay show me everything that I have set as to buy and and then basically start ordering and then when you order, it's never going to be also one store. Mm-hmm. You know, certain things you can get online, certain things you get to, from the channelry, certain things you get from the the local store that sells tools and, you know, stuff like these. Certain things were going to be from the, uh, uh, I forgot to mention the manufacturer itself. So it gets quickly very, very confusing. And, and once you start buying stuff, <laughs> then, you know, and you don't have it. Like, for example, we have stuff stored at Outremer and, and you know, you go to a store and you're like, oh, did I already buy this? And so now I can easily go look at my list and be like, OK, this is what we have. And then for every product, what I'm doing also is basically, you know, how to use it. So there's the um, some basic knowledge about the, the product. So, um You know, some keywords, some tags. So if I need to do some search, uh, show me all the things that I have batteries on board, because maybe we're going to go through like checking batteries at the end of the season. You know, so there are certain things like this are going to be quite useful. Obviously, I'm looking at the price, the warranty for each of those items. Um, If I find some manuals, I put them in Google Drive, but I put a link in my database. If there are some YouTube videos that are useful... Um, I already put the link of that YouTube video. So if we have an issue somewhere or if we have a product to, to use, then I can, instead of spending an hour searching through YouTube videos, then I can be like, okay, that was the YouTube video that, that was quite useful. Uh, put a date on when this product was purchased. It might be useful for the warranty. It might be useful for some products that have um, a lifetime, kind of a, a shelf, shelf life. Um, you know, and so, and also as we use those products, uh, then I can put in the database, you know, okay, we had 10, now we have two left. So I'm going to put this as, you know, to buy. So next time we're at the channelery, I'm not trying to think of, oh, what did I need? Like, you know, I can look at my list and so for my phone at this database. So the the beauty of it is it's, I mean, it's time consuming right now, (laughs) Uh, and I'm thinking over time, it's going to save us time and headaches and get us organized and put pictures for each of those items as well. So, But it's become kind of this master uh, database. And uh, at times, I'm like, oh, what did I start?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, on, on the surface, it's, it seems kind of OCD, you know, like, oh, you have every little thing. But um, I do think, you know, as you kind of started down this journey, I was like, are we going to use that? And then, you know, you think about you're in these really um, remote places maybe where they only get one shipment a week for stuff if you have to order things. And you kind of need to be precise about what you're trying to, you know, either replace or get. And, um, you know, for someone like me who likes to wing it, like, oh, we'll we'll just get, you know, whatever it is, like the – poly resin, you know, um, we'll just get that next time we go. You know, I'm also someone who ends up buying stuff that, you know, doesn't work or you won't need, or then you have this brand new bottle of something that you can't use that you're not going to use and you're just kind of carrying it around. So I think it actually makes a lot of sense and it'll be great once it's set up, um, for sure. And the other thing that, uh, the guy was saying in the maintenance class was useful. Um, because I like label makers, um, and being organized is then when you set up the boxes and the storage containers for some of this stuff, um, you know, you can obviously put the label for what it's for, say plumbing or for, you know, sale repair or whatever it is. And, and then you kind of know what's in it, right? So you're not constantly rummaging around trying to find that thing you need or even knowing whether or not it's even on the boat. Right. And I think, you know, when we first get on the boat, it's not going to be that big of a deal, but if you're on it for, you know, five, three, four, five, six, ten 10 years, whatever, you know, you lose track of where your stuff is and how much you have. So I think it's, I think it's actually going to be super helpful, um, as we sort of, you know, go through our little adventure here. But yeah, at first you were t- talking to me about it. I was like, "Oh my God, are you serious? You're doing that?" But I can see now why, you know, the pre- preparation up front on some of this stuff is is going to be helpful in the long run for sure.
1: I hope so because it's definitely time consuming. <laughs> and then, but then, for example, like I was like, oh, "Okay, we need." I'm looking at. Oh yeah, also because. Uh, Your boat is going to have a certain flag. This flag is going to have certain requirements of what you need on board. So suddenly I'm going through this list uh, for the French flag and it's like EPERB. And I look at my list and I'm like, oh, I haven't put EPERB yet. So I'm doing a a line entry for EPERB and kind of putting all the information. And then suddenly I'm like, oh, we, did we buy this as an option? I kind of forgot yeah, about you it. Yeah, they can't remember if you bought software. it
0: already. I know, I know.
1: Yeah, mm. so so then suddenly I go back to my other database of like options with Ultrame and I'm like, oh yeah, that was option seventeen. We ordered uh, uh, kind of an ePERB and it will get um, uh, you know the uh, push on the electronic uh, service company will do the uh, registration everything. So I'm like, oh, we had that. So now I had to, uh, well, good thing is we're not going to buy two E-perbs, So that's, but I need, I need all these options that we also ordered through Outremer to add them as items because that e needs to be in this list uh, because there is, you know, after 10 years, the battery is, is mm-hmm. it's not valid anymore. You know, so there are certain things you need to do some regular testing. So I'll be able to put some dates and when is the next test due for? And I can say, okay, it will be in six months, a year. And then I'll be getting a reminder in a year that, you know, these are the things you have to do. So so I think ultimately it's going to be a very good tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, But definitely uh, something that that we might also share with some with people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, people like, are interested. Uh, you know, if you want to just drop us an email at sailingowin at gmail.com. You know, if that's something that people think they might be interested in. What are you building it in Notion? Is that what you're doing?
1: Yeah, in Notion, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um so it's a free online database um that uh yeah, that I'm using for everything. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, mm-hmm. once once I've added all the functionality I want to add, and once I have all the lists, um, yeah, then maybe I'll consider like sharing or, mm-hmm. or if some people want to preview, I can. I can also work something out. But mm-hmm. so I think ultimately it'll be very, uh, very, very useful. we Will save probably uh, headaches and um, keep us on top. Besides the checklist. Um, keep yeah. us yeah, top of like all the.
0: The other thing I was going to say is you know. Um, we kind of went down this path too. We're like, oh, well, we'll just, because there's companies that'll put together a tools and spare kit for you. And we went down that path and then you kind of, you received it, right? And you looked at it, you're like, why did this cost so much? And then you start, and this is how this started, right? As you start going, well, how much does this stuff cost? And then you look, oh, we can save money if we buy it ourselves. A lot of money. Um, but all of that, acquisition of everything's going to happen really quickly to, to your point, because the boat's going to be put in the water. We're going to get there. We have like two weeks to basically do everything. And if you just sort of, um, you can buy a lot of stuff really easily that you don't need or, or to your point, like buy stuff twice that you forgot that you have somewhere in some other order, um, or that's coming with the boat. So I think in that little panic mode of the, not panic mode, but urgency mode in two weeks where you're kind of getting the boat ready and buying everything that, that needs to go on it, it puts you kind of in a better position to buy actually what you need and, and not, you know, miss something or duplicate something. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll buy, I'll start buying stuff. I already started buying stuff <laughs> <laughs> because I, I got a bike, for example, I got a standard paddle board. And so all this stuff uh, goes into this database um, it's Masterless. pretty amazing. The num- yeah, this the number of things that uh, that you need to buy initially. So so yeah, I'll just keep on uh, ordering stuff, and then uh, and I'm sure when you get oh when you get here, then there'll be all the uh, kind of uh, towels and sheets, and so
0: there'll that be another
1: yeah. store, the IKEA type store, and then when we uh, are you going to keep ordered, a list for that yeah, stuff too? Uh, well i don't know there's certain things that might make sense but mm. uh not sheets and towels i don't think so <laughs> and uh but you know maybe like uh i don't know if we get a coffee machine or something like you know and there's certain things also like yeah if you you get um i was looking at some items it's so the warranty is two years if you register the product it's five years you know so just knowing these things you know you have registered the product you put the date you might put a reference number or something and and also we've ordered the medical um, equipment so there'll be another list of medicine and also devices that uh, that I will be adding to this uh, to this database as well so it's going to be massive it's already massive mm-hmm. but it's impressive to realize how many things you need
0: yeah for sure Cool. So uh, that's what we wanted to cover today is really about the offshore maintenance and the tools and spares and um, all of the little bits and pieces you need to have on the boat. And then sort of how we're approaching the maintenance schedule and these kind of three um, time frames just to be able to do it while we're on a passage, before the passage, and then when we do a technical stop. As always, if you have any comments or questions, please drop those in an email to us at sailingowan at gmail.com. Fair winds for now.